Every single week, I interview a top realtor or top performer in their local areas and to learn from them, how they got started, what were their struggles, how did they get to the triumph, and you know what, what does it look like for them in the next five to 10 years? We'll learn all about it. Mr. KJ Kelly Johnson from Indiana, welcome. Hi, thanks John for having me, appreciate it brother. Dude, you're a beast. Uh, this year, you know, I just want to acknowledge you for sure. This year, um, you, you're at 91 close and pending. And guys, this is an individual agent with one assistant. No buyer's agents. All right. Like this man is an absolute beast. So, but let's let's back it all up. Back it all up. Um, how did this all start, Kelly Johnson? I mean. From a, from a young age, I, um, I feel like I went through my adolescent years knowing that I had some sort, I had nobody in my family that was um, sales background, just blue collar, grandfather, Chrysler worker, mom, uh, post office for 30 years. Um, she did everything she could, uh, young family broken. Uh, we, I think my parents divorced when I was six or seven. Um, met my stepdad when I was eight. Um, but for the most part, I always had, like, it was interesting. My dad would always, um, if I ever wanted a new dirt bike or something like that, couldn't buy anything new. So we had this thing called the trader paper. Mm. And, and inadvertently, I look back on these experiences where I would make phone calls, cold calls to mm. people that had ads in the paper and would make deals with the dirt bikes or whatever. <laughs> So that was kind of my first, like, not thinking that, like, oh, man, I want to be a real estate agent one day, or right. I want to be in sales one day. Just one of those things that happened. And then other little small things like buying and selling stuff from Sam's Club and selling it at school, tearjerkers, sickers bars, things of that nature. So mm. I always kind of knew in the back thought of my mind that I had sales in me, had mm. business in me, had a mowing business at 13 years old. Whoa. But the, and my stepdad, when I started that, he made me stick to it. I mean, it was like, you signed a contract with all these people. And I'll even give a little on my stepdad. He wasn't even a huge business guy himself, but he had, you know, set some good principles in me. And uh, for the most part, did a couple of years of, of mowing grass and things of that nature. Well, then that took me, mind you, um, I grew up in a trailer park. I mean, mom and dad did what they could. Mm. It was kind of the extracurricular stuff. We could have lived in a better home, but we wouldn't have had the better lifestyle. So mm. it's kind of just looking back on it, she did what she could, but I, there were so many different things that I learned while I was growing up in yeah. that culture, in that atmosphere. Right. I mean, nobody, no skinny kid likes getting beat up when they get off the bus, you know? No, no. One of those things. But, um, uh, went through all those different deals, uh, decided after uh, graduating high school, military was my best option. I went to, uh, I went to IU for one semester, flailed out, um, was terrified to tell my mom that I failed out and uh, that we were going to have to pay that bill regardless. And, Ooh. and uh, you know, the, my stepdad's family was all prior Air Force <clears throat> folks. So I had the opportunity just to, to be influenced by them. And, and they tried to actually get me to do the Air National Guard, which would have kept me local here in mm. the United States. And I thought for me, 
if I was going to do this, I was going to do it at a big scale. I took off and explored the world. Oh, load master had, had a great career, but I will say that during that six year stint in the air force, I was introduced to a multi-level marketing company called Amway. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's where, that's where the bulbs really came off because like my adolescent stuff, like doing the phone calls with dad and all that stuff through the trader during dirt bike trades and selling tearjerkers out of my bag and all that stuff. When I got into that, I never made a lot of money with it, but it was the experiences, the books, you know, five love mm. personality plus how to win friends and influence people. Augmentino, Absolutely. Everybody that we're influenced by these days. And for the most part, uh, um, I had a crossroad at my six year mark in 2007, um, where I thought I was going to leave the, the enlisted side and go to the commission side and fly. Mm. It didn't happen. Um, long story short. So I, um, was sitting in my office. I was in a six month, uh, kind of, uh, peculiar point at that, at that time, I, I was supposed to be going to flight training. My class got cut, which I got cut. And then they wanted me to re-enlist. I didn't really want to re-enlist. I, I wanted to go commission. I wanted to fly. And I just felt like that wasn't going to be an option because of my age. I was 27 at the time. Mm. So at the time, the, uh, the girl that I replaced in the Air Force Honor Guard, she come in the office. I kind of owe my uh, sale, like the real estate career to her. But she walked in. I replaced her. And about three months after I replaced her, she came back in. Her husband still worked on base. And uh, she came in and she showed me a check. Mm. Like, hmm, $16,000. Uh, like impressive, but that's all you've. I mean, mind you, we're as an E5, E6 in the military, we're making 40, 50,000 a year. year. Yeah. Uh -huh. And when you, when she showed me a check, I, I'll never forget. I said, that's, that's what you've made in the last three months. And she said, she's like, oh no. She's like, that's, that's one check. And that kind of, and how did you do it? You know, all the leading yeah. questions. And she's, she even like, you know, when those people, believe in you more than you believe in yourself or see something in you. Yeah. I mean, how many opportunities have we seen in our, or heard somebody come to us and say, you should try this. And we just yeah. never did. Yeah. Or if we did, we did try it. Gave it a lot of effort. We succeeded at it. Mm -hmm. And that was, so the crossroads there was either stay in North Carolina where I was based at at the time down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, or come back home. And uh, my ex-wife and I, we decided to, uh, to come back, um, and, and pursue a, a career in real estate. And that's really, that, that's my main start. Wow. So that lady, you owe everything to that lady. Katrina. Is she still selling? Yeah. Yeah. That's, is she still selling today? She is still selling. She's wow. in, a, she's down in, um, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina still. Okay. Okay, so you're not competing against your your mentor. That's good. <laughs> no, and I she was never even like mentor or anything like that. It was just she was a um, a person that opened up my eyes mm. to an opportunity that I because honestly, when I came back, when I when she told me that, I told my ex wife, I said, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna interview with some real estate brokerages. Yeah, she was with Remax, so 
I literally, my ambition self, I, I said an interview with every Remax office in Indianapolis. Wow. <laughs> I will never forget getting back on the flight and flying back home. And my ex-wife, she's like, how'd it go? I said, you wouldn't believe it. Every one of them won me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's awesome. I mean, hindsight, you know. You, you know of course. But, um, uh, but I ended up um, landing a spot at a Remax office here in town and um, actually was with them up until about four months ago. But I stayed with the Remax brand. They closed their office and went with a, a different brand. Kind of similar. Oh, to really? So, um, Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, tell me more about uh, the start with uh, Amway and how that, you know, influenced your sales skills as you started, because in uh, MLM, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, stigma, stigma, I think worse. And then being a real estate agent or realtor, like the network marketing stigma. So once you get over that, how did that contribute to your sales skills as you started real estate? Do you think? Great question. And it, I, I think it's the relationships. And I still, there's still three of those top mentors um, that I was uh, really close with. I mean, this was a two, three year process. Honestly, kept my marriage together at one point through the military and um, kind of gave me something to look forward to coming home. And the, the failure part of the Amway system mm. was I, I constantly deployed. I, I was never home. And it was mm. hard to build. It's like building a real estate business when you're deploying every other right. month. It's not, not possible. But those relationships, um, you know, the, 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 we used to have a term called showing the plan. That's your listing presentation. That's right. That's right. So and, you had that kind of structure going into real estate. You knew to, to prospect, to lead gen, and then to follow up and to set an appointment and to show the opportunity. Yeah. right? Just like listing presentations. So you kind of had an idea. Yeah. So it definitely helped you with the mindset coming into real estate. Now, did you come out of the gates 2007, just started crushing it? Or was it more of a grind to start? <laughs> I sucked. <laughs> you sucked. Okay. Okay. Tell us about that. Uh, I mean, and it's, you know, and we can all say, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years now, had the, the great fortune of meeting people like you and, um, you know, early on, I, I think my first year in the business, I did 20 transactions, maybe, maybe, maybe less than like 15. 15. No, wait, wait, hang on, hang on. That's not called sucking. That's called crushing it in our first year. I mean, come on, who does 15 transactions their first year out of the gate? Rare. And, and I, I will say that, and I would have to go back and look at those now. I really, I don't remember. I know I averaged one a month. One a month. Okay. Okay. Uh, I remember my first two deals. Hell, one of them showed up to closing and never closed. Uh, that's one of them showed up and uh, somehow or another, and it's a long story short, but had uh, somehow acquired the earnest money and disappeared. At wow. Close. <laughs> so you, you got that out of the way early oh, in your career, right? Like, oh, I can tell you there's, I mean, we all have stories and just yeah. like, what the heck? Um, but yeah, there's the first, first five. So my first two, three years in the business, I did it solo. There was a, um, a gentleman that I, I became connected with 
randomly in my office. He was never in the office. He was an REO guy. Um, so in like 2009, I got linked up with him. Um, seen some uh, things about him that were because my brother's diabetic and we we seen the early stages of that you know before he got on insulin and stuff like that tired and stuff and I, I told Mark I said you come into the office and you fall asleep I said have you had your blood checked or anything like that he ended up taking uh, about a year after we met he took a uh, uh, two-week trip to uh, Disney World took his family he was a former asset manager for HSBC. So he was getting just fed listings, you know, oh, wow. just HSBC was just, he was the only guy pretty much in Indianapolis area getting listings. And, uh, he got diagnosed with leukemia oh. and, uh, and ended up, uh, after that, uh, trip to Florida, he never came back. And, um, for, uh, about six months after he had passed, I'd helped his uh, wife, little wife, uh, transition out to San Diego and whatnot. And, um, and that was huge. That was a huge time for me because mm -hmm. he set it up where HSBC stayed with me. Oh, wow. Well, then I started going to Rio Con and all those different conferences and, yeah. it, uh, and expanded HSBC, City, Deutsche Chase, Bank of America. And, um, there, there became a point after about three years of that. So fast forward to July, 2012, I told my, my wife at the time, I said, uh, if one more of these asset managers, because the turnover was so yeah. great, said one more cusses at me, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. I didn't Tough sign job. up. Because the initial, the initial group of asset managers that I had worked directly with Mark. Right. And, and I earned the privilege to get in those other companies through the relationships and going through those conferences. And with that, it was, um, <laughs> I just, that wasn't what I, I felt like my presence was better local. So there was a guy by, do you, do you ever know the name Tom Ross? No. Big T. He's a Mike Ferry guy. He ended up getting me connected in the MFO system. And that's where, mm. Um, I, I always say I can do a lot more deals. I, I feel next year I'm going to push for that hundred deal mark, right? Put the effort energy. I just hired a staff member to help get there. So that'll be two admin and myself. Uh, she'll serve as a, she's licensed, but, um, uh, at the end of the day, I think what coaching has done for me is made me a lot more efficient, meaning I have a pretty good lifestyle as far as yeah. income and time. Um, I grind like everybody does every day, uh, prospecting, things of that nature. Um, but that's what feeds the business, as we both very well know. Yeah. So I think, you know, coaching is crucial. You, you and I met there uh, at the Mike Ferry retreats and we all know that Mike pushes us, right? Uh, you know, beyond the efficiency and beyond the accountability, you know, how has coaching and mentorship really helped you catapult your business? I mean, you're, you were doing, you know, 12, 15 transactions and then it, it obviously jumped, right? 
So, so from 2012 to getting in coaching, what did that look like for your, your uh, transaction amounts? I would say, so for the last 10 years, the last five, I haven't done anything less than probably 65 deals. Wow. Single agent guys, remember a single agent. Yeah. And that's, um, uh, keeping myself out of the admin side. Uh, I've always, you know, that was one of the hardest things for, for coach Larry back in 2013 and 14, when I was building the business is once I got to that 40 pinnacle, he said, look, we can keep doing 40. You can still keep yourself in the admin and we'll keep the coaching the way that, that it is. But if you want to go to 60, 70, you're going to have to hire somebody. Right. Leap of faith. And in the business, and that's where I just, this is going to be the first time for me that I've had two staff members, two, um, two payrolls. <laughs> mm. That's intimidating at, at any level going to the, to, for as business owners to put ourselves in a position on blind faith, mm. knowing that blind faith, if I continue doing what I'm doing, but I hire one more person to take some of the activities off of my plate, it'll give me more time to leverage on, even if I am only working 30, 35 hours a week. So what is that mindset, you know, uh, going from, you know, 40 deals yourself and then hiring that assistant and then going to 65 deals, that first jump, can you tell us about the, the thought process? Because myself, I know I was scared, scared shitless, like, okay, I'm accountable for this person. Now I got to pay this person. If I don't, prospect and make money this is not going to work i'm going to go broke what was your thought process with that first jump <laughs> great question john and that's uh, something that larry and i just spoke about with this hire right implementing this hire is that um i i know what it did for me how uncomfortable it was to hire that first person to be responsible I think we all, as human beings, we are triggered and motivated in different ways. Mm. For all the ladies on here, don't take offense to this, but I sometimes <laughs> feel that I am kind of geared like a woman in the sense of security, um, but it also breeds complacency too. Right. So in the bank or some passive income coming in, uh, I don't have to prospect today. Maybe, right. You know, whatever the case is. But I, for me, I am motivated to the 10th by fear. By fear, right. Fear. So by bringing this next person on, I know in my mind what I have to do. And out of fear, I will do it. Gotcha. Out of fear. Not for a goal. Not for, it, It's to, to, not, uh, to not disappoint. I'm an expressive to person. Not disappoint. You know, so we talk about this all the time. We're either motivated by fear, right, and pain, or motivated by pleasure. I would say 99% of people, like this is what I think, go to avoid fear and pain, yeah. right, to produce results. And I think you're, you're, you're just the same. But tell us, you know, when you hired that first assistant, how did that improve your production the first year? <laughs> just, I don't know. I, again, I would have to go back and look at the numbers. This is a good challenge for me just to, we can have this conversation later on. 
but I would say, I mean, I don't, um, I was doing a lot of transactions by myself at the bank home with my ex-wife. Um, ah. She was doing some admin stuff, BPO stuff like that. We knew how to generate a lot of transactions, but I was not making much money at all. Mm. And again, getting cussed at. The difference is, is coming local, having that admin in place. Um, it, it just, it, it, <laughs> you put the measures in place and then you put the work behind it. And that's where that admin on blind faith, mm -hmm. I trusted what coach Larry told me and hired that first hire. And from that, I mean, we are, you're, everyone's going to have their, their, their peaks and valleys, you know, with those relationships. Um, I'll be honest, the, the gal that I've got in the seat right now, that's been with me for two and a half years. I was kind of skewed when she came into it because of the first two or three admin either dishonest or didn't show up or just mm. frustrating. But when you get that right person in that seat and you can just take your focus off of, off of all of that garbage on the table and focus on bringing new, new business in. Um, it just said, that's, a, that's the same point that I'm at right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It is like, Oh God, yeah. now yeah. I have to. And, and that's what, and that's where coach even told me that too, is he said, he said, if you're not putting, if you're not putting this new admin in for just fear's sake, you know, um, to make yourself fearful again and, and have to push and drive, um, do it from a standpoint of just getting over a goal, a hundred transactions that pleasure. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So guys, uh, it wasn't just one hire to get to this point. You know, Kelly went through a couple of hires, which is normal. You know, you're going to have people come. You're going to have people go. Uh, I was lucky enough that my first hire, you know, is still with us and she's amazing. But most people go to go through two or three, but don't give up. Keep hiring and, you know, just keep evaluating your business. Right. So at this point now, 91 close and pending. You're like, ah, I want to get to 100. But you told me something the other day. And I remember you said, John, I'm debt free. I am debt free. Why do I need to go and grind for more? Sure. And for me, getting around the relationships of Aaron Novello, um, creating, you know, they we, we talk, I'll have a call with him with a group of eight or 10 after this call um, today. And they, uh, uh, if I'm saying this right, they're, you know, rich people um, don't put as much time or emphasis on their time. Mm. You have a, a, a large bank account, but don't know time. Wealthy people, mm. wealthy people, not rich people, wealthy people appreciate the time. Ooh. Time aspect. Okay. And that's where um, we like. We, we know from a long jet, like we were talking about the why yesterday um, yeah. and, and having my why and having, you know, in the next 10 years, I'm 40. So by 50, want to have X amount coming in in residual. And that number for me is 40,000 40, mm. per month coming in, which is a, in my mind right now, it's a 10 X goal. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, it, but it's achievable as long as you put in that, that, that game plan. 
So really it's going, uh, your why now is going towards from, uh, from being rich to being wealthy. And, I'm and rich <laughs> is you make a lot of money, but you have no time, guys. But wealthy is you have the money and you have the time. That's your why. Yeah, 100%. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so is that the goal then in, in five to 10 years? Do you see yourself still selling real estate and having that residual income, $40,000 $40, a month? Or do you see yourself completely retiring from production? It's a lofty, uh, lofty question. I mean, I've got a 13-year-old daughter that has ah, okay. um, shown some interest in the business. Um, I, I think, you know, right now, I think I'll always be in the real estate sales business. This awesome. has been a huge opportunity for me. Um, the, the amount of people that I get to meet on a daily basis, if that's from a cold call or if that's servicing my, my COI past clients. Um, that's um, the, the goal is, is to, to create that passive income with what we're doing right now. And, you know, we'll see at the 10 year mark, have this conversation again. Hey, where are you at? Um, if I'm at half, I still got some work to do. Right. But even if I'm at half, I mean, that's well off. That's, that's wealthy right there. Yeah. Man, uh, I can't wait for us to have another conversation or follow-up conversation to this five years from today. <laughs> I'll be 47 and you'll be 45 and we'll, we'll have some fun. Um, so you, you said, you, I do want to talk about this. You do have a 13-year-old daughter. Uh, you, you, you are married again. Uh, how are you balancing with... No, oh, sorry. Okay, girlfriend again. <laughs> how are you balancing family with such an intense prospecting schedule, going on appointments, you know, grinding and all that. Well, that, that's the, the great thing that we get taught. And, I, and, and you know this just as well as I do, is the prospecting gives us the power to control our schedule. And um, I don't do um, many appointments. I usually have my daughters uh, Thursdays and Fridays. I don't okay. do any appointments after three o'clock on those days. Nice. I have her every other weekend and um, just the, the prospecting gives, it gives so many opportunities. I always say in this business, there's three things and three things only that we can control. And I tell every client this communication, honesty, connection, that's mm. it. Anything else that any other broker tries to concoct in their mind that they have control of, they don't mortgage, leverage when a person wants to sell how much they want to sell for none of that we control what we can can say those three things again just so i want the audience to hear again yeah uh communication communication honesty connection connection you get these three down and i mean these three are, are the most controllable as a sales agent yeah right in yourself if you can because everything else the deal falls apart the deal goes you know, you get a listing sign, you know, someone listing client signs with somebody else. You can't control that. You can control nothing else but these three things. That's absolute gold. And those come from, John, those come from, I served on the ethics board. I actually got served an ethics complaint. Oh, okay. Well, Thanks for being honest. Yeah. I mean, it was a minor, a minor deal, you know, uh, I will say to all the audience, if you have admin putting together pre-listing paperwork, 
never call another agent a part-time agent. Don't ever do that. That's great advice right there. Don't do it. Don't do that's it. A great, that's a um, great advice. It, which then gave me the opportunity and I, um, I couldn't do it, obviously, when we were on our, our probation. But after that, was I set second chair to the, uh, to the board, listened in, didn't really weigh any opinions or anything like that or any judgments. Um, but what I learned in that experience is those two first two things, honesty and communication, are the two lacked, most lacked parts of this business mm. from, our, from our real estate uh, comrades. Thank you for being honest and truthful about uh, real estate agents and guys. Honesty, honesty, yeah. honesty. All right. Integrity. That, that's what it's all about. So, Kelly, thank you so much for what you've just shared. How about one last piece of advice for an audience to really finish strong for 2021? Jesus, put me on. Um, <laughs> the, um, if you, my biggest saying, and so many people I tell this to, and there's been so very few that I can probably count on one hand took this advice, is if you don't have a coach, get one. I love it. Who it is, if it's an Aaron Novello, if it's a Tom Ferry, a Mike Ferry, I don't care. Just do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Um, you'll work a lot less. It'll be uncomfortable to pay that fee up front. But just as you well know, just from the referrals alone. Pay, pray for yourself tenfold. Easy. Yes, sir. Get a mentor or coach, especially if you're brand new. And I will be happy to be your mentor or coach. Uh, hit me up. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much. How can we follow you on social media? How can we send you a referral? Um, I'm in Indianapolis area. Um, if anybody ever has any questions, whatever, my phone's open. My cell phone, 317-908-9614. Um, if I can ever give any direction or share anything with anybody, I'd love to be an ambassador for you and your family. Um, uh, social media stuff I don't do a whole lot with. I'm uh, Kelly Johnson on Facebook, Instagram. Agent KJ. Agent KJ is what you're called. Um, but the new hire, she says that she's going to get me. <laughs> she's going to get me more acclimated on the, uh, the, the social media side. So that makes there sense. you go. Well, we all need some help from the Gen Z's to, to help us with our social media. Kelly, thank you. And big congratulations on the biggest year ever and all the best to 2022 hitting over that hundred deal mark, man, all the best. Happy holidays, man. Thank you again. Thanks for having me, John. Adios.